1: Praise the Lord somebody. So we're reading from John chapter 9. From verse 1 to maybe 33 or 26. We'll see. Let's read together. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who seen this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents seen, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight. Until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things. Because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Hallelujah. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why this is a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God, and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Somebody praise the name of our God. Somebody praise the name of our God this morning. He said, if this man were not of God, He could do nothing. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the savior of the whole world. Jesus is the soon coming king. Jesus is our Ebenezer. He is our strong tower. Jesus is the lifter up of our head. He is our song in the night. He is our reason for even singing at all. He is the melody. He is the harmony. Jesus is awesome. Somebody bless his name this morning. Yeah. Hallelujah. This passage of scripture is, there's so much in it. The Lord will help us this morning. I'll pick out five things from this particular um, um, story here, this account. And the first thing I want to pick out is a question because Jesus and his disciples were passing by. And they saw this man, a man who was blind from birth. And then they asked Jesus a question, his disciples. They asked him, he said, who sinned? Was it this man who sinned or his parents? And you know, when I read it, I began to wonder, how does a child in the womb sin? And I began to say, okay, maybe because the Bible says, in sin did my mother conceive me. But it was not the child. I mean, this was a baby in the womb. And he was born blind. It wasn't as though he was playing with his friends after he was born and something happened, you know, and he became blind he was blind from the womb and they asked the question who sinned did he sin or did his parents sin and it's a it's a question that i am familiar with many years ago someone a friend of mine asked me that same question i think it was um about 18 plus years ago i had gone out and my baby was maybe two months or so and had gone out pastor had traveled to the east And I had gone to Hilton to meet with uh, uh, someone. And I took her with me. I strapped her and I took her. And a few minutes later, a friend of mine called me and said, Where are you? Where are you? I said, I'm I'm at the Hilton. He said, you need to start coming back home. I said, what's the problem? He said, your house is on fire. I said, okay, how? Because there was someone in the house. So I rushed back. And truly, the house was on fire. The fire came in from my neighbor's compound and then we had a workshop behind our house and then the fire caught on the the zinc or something and then everything started to burn and there was so much wood because my carpenters used to make stuff there and it went up to my neighbor's apartment and then from the apartment it didn't come to our own directly went up and then from the apartment it affected our AC at the point where I usually would leave my daughter and and go out for a few maybe a few hours but that day, the spirit of God said, take her with you. And so I took her with me. And when I came back, you know, everywhere was upside down. People had come in and all of that. You know, people are trying to help you to salvage things. And in the process, maybe they're, they're stealing your, your, you know, your money. And of course, pastor, when I called him, he drove four hours from Enugu to Abuja. You know, that's not something that is humanly possible. But I don't know how it happened that day. But then a friend of mine, He's, he's um, Lebanese. He said, "Chini, who sinned? I said, I don't understand. He said, "Chini, who sinned? Who sinned? He must have read this particular you know, passage of the Bible. He's a Muslim. He said, who sinned? Because someone must have sinned for your house, you know, for this to happen to you. I started to check. Because I kept trying to figure out who sinned. Who sinned? And isn't that what happens most times when we see people going through certain things? And then we begin to check and calculate who sinned. What did this man do that he's in this particular situation? Yes, sometimes people actually sin and some things happen to them by reason of their sin. There were many people who Jesus healed and Jesus said to them, go and sin no more after he healed them. But in this particular case, in this particular account, Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But that the works of God may be what? Revealed in him. It is not every time that someone is in a predicament and it's their fault. Praise the Lord somebody. In life we are too quick to associate problems with sin. But it's not always the case. From scripture you would see what did Job do? The Bible records that Job was a righteous man. Job was righteous. Job was living a good life. Job would even go as far as sacrificing on behalf of his children. Hey, Lord, perhaps these children, they're always having parties. Maybe in some of their parties, they would have sinned against you. Job will go and and, and make a sacrifice for them. Although I've heard people say that the reason it happened to Job was that Job was always scared. He was always scared because in Job 3.25, when it happened, he said, that which I feared has come upon me. That it was because he was always expecting it. That was why he came. Okay, if you want to teach on, you know, confession. But we've searched the life of Job and we've seen that Job did not do anything to warrant it. We've looked at the life of Joseph and we've seen that Joseph, what did he do to his brothers? But we saw that God had a plan. Somebody say God had a plan. I I need you to respond to me this morning. Because Jesus said concerning this man, he says it is that the works of God may be revealed in him. So my brother, my sister, you may be here going through a situation. You may have been trusting the Lord for something and it's taking time. Lord, why is it taking time? I bring you a word this morning. That is, if you're in right standing with him, I bring you a word of comfort. Jesus is saying that it is that the works of God may be revealed through you. So tell yourself, be patient. You know, yesterday the Holy Spirit, I was telling pastor, the Holy Spirit spoke Igbo to me. He spoke to me in Igbo. I was trying to put something together as I was meditating you know, trying to figure out, Lord, what do you want me to say and all of that. And I was getting a bit worked up, trying to form the words in my head. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, Cello. Cello means to do wrong. Wait. Ah. When I heard that, ah, ah. you speak Igbo. <laughs> he speaks all languages. If you would listen, you will hear him. And the moment I, ha- I heard Cello, a, you know, the shock of the Chalue alone would not even let me continue what I was trying to write. Ah, ah. And it did not take three minutes. No, what's three minutes? Three seconds. That thing I was trying to figure out in my head, he gave it to me. So tell somebody, wait. Just wait. Praise the Lord. Another thing I want us to look at is the answer that Jesus gave. Okay, we've almost, we've mentioned it. Because they asked that question, who sinned? And Jesus said, it is not, it is just that the works of God be revealed. And then another thing I want us to look at is the man's response after Jesus healed him. So the Bible says that Jesus spat on the ground. He mixed clay with his saliva and then he put it on the eyes of this man. You know, today if somebody tries that, if somebody tries that with you, they say the man is anointed and he cannot lay hands on you and just pray. And then he cannot, even if he wants to to mix anything, he cannot find water to mix. He uses his saliva and he mixes it with clay and then he puts it in your eye he says to you go to uh, uh, Jabi Lake and go and wash number 1 is that you won't even allow his saliva to touch you but Jesus did this and the man went is it not this man the blind man that used to sit by the corner and beg and all of them were asking is it not him this one said it's him. No, so I say, no, it's not him. So it's, ah, he looks like him. So I say, no, he's not him. He works like him. You know, recently I saw a lady and she didn't have makeup on her face. This is someone that usually likes to make up. Do you know, I was confused. When I saw her, I said, is this her? Is she not the one? I said, but this is her height. This is her body. I think I know her. But no, her face is not looking. And I just turned on me that that is how I look without makeup. People are wondering, is this Mamichi? Is this her cousin? Or Because something different is going on here. We don't look the same or women. When you have your makeup on your face, you are looking... When you have that wig on, you are looking like an American. The moment we take it off and you see the underlay, my God, I feel for our husbands. Sometimes the husband will telling me, oh, my wife. Can you not let me see this from morning till evening? Because once I get to the house... Ah, this thing that we have been struggling with sins and we are dying and we are suffering because they say beauty comes with pain you get the moment you enter your house and you close the door you, you come down then your real height starts to show praise the lord so back to what we are saying so they were looking at this man and they were wondering is this the man is this his cousin is this somebody that looks like him who is this person He's walking like the man I think one of the translations says, he walks like the man. He's walking like him. He looks like him. But the man said, I am he. Brethren, it must get to a time when you and I with our own mouth, we testify that indeed we are the ones that God picked from the miry clay and set our feet upon the rock to stay. It must get to a time where you don't leave people guessing people are not guessing who did it or who is this person or is this a brother so and so that i used to know that used to hang out you know at, at the gate always asking for money transport money you know they used to tell you tp 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 it took me time to understand what you know the meaning of tp that's transport transport money but all of a sudden brother so and so is driving a big car don't let people guess Let them know that you are the one. Praise the Lord, somebody. This man said, I am he. Case closed. You don't even need to guess again. I am the one standing here today. And I pray that today, because this is a special service. We we have called it, um, declare his works. I'm praying that God's children, whom he has delivered, would actually stand and declare his works. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This man said, I am he. And then another thing I want us to look at is the parents. They went to his parents because the Pharisees, they will not have any of it. They didn't want anyone to, you know, to, 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 to say that Jesus was the Christ. And so they called the man, they called his parents. They first of all called the man and asked him, are you the one? The man said yes. So, what happened? Who is the man that did this to you? That healed you? He said, his name is Jesus. What did he do? How? He told them the story. They didn't believe him. They called his parents. He said, is this your son? And the parents said, yes, he is our son. He said, what happened to him? Who did it? He said, "They they don't know. All they know is that when they gave birth to him, he was actually blind. He was blind. But today, he sees. Who did it? We don't know. How it came about? We don't know. They As said, Ask him. He is of age. Tell your neighbor, You are of age. Tell another neighbor, You are of age. You need to be able to stand on your own and testify. Let me tell you, there is no testimony like the one that is, you know a personal experience from a personal experience any other thing that people share on your behalf eh let me tell you it's a abridged version when god does something for you and then you cannot share it but people are sharing it on your behalf that's an abridged version it's like someone who was kidnapped and then the brother or sister is telling the story of their deliverance how were you there is the person who was there that can tell you firsthand how it happened. Although the parents were saying it because they were afraid. Because they had said anybody, if anybody should open their mouth to say that Jesus was the one that healed this man, eh, the person would be excommunicated from the synagogue. And they did not want to be excommunicated because I guess they, they must have been old. But they looked at this young man. Ah, he's a young man, even if they're excommunicating. He can take care of himself. Now he's no longer blind. He does not need help. And they said, he is of age. Let him speak for himself. Let him testify with his own mouth. And this man did. And he testified. Praise Jesus somebody. Praise Jesus somebody. I I wrote something down. I said, no matter how good a storyteller I am, I cannot tell your story like you would. Not possible. Even if I know how to tell stories. I cannot tell it like you. Because there are some details that I will leave out. Because I'm not the one that, I don't, I didn't leave that testimony. I wasn't the one that it happened to. I was not there. So I can't tell you exactly what happened. Only you can testify with your mouth. And God wants you to testify. You know, they said to the man, they said, give God the glory. Give God the glory. When they were saying it, they didn't even know what they were prophesying. He said, give God the glory. This man is a sinner, give God the glory. And the man indeed gave God the glory. Because he knew that God healed him. Somebody praise the name of the Lord. Somebody praise the name of the Lord. If God has done something in your life, I want you to praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That the works of God. May be revealed in him. Concerning Lazarus, Jesus said, This sickness is not unto death, but that God may be glorified. God wants to gain glory from your situation. He wants to gain glory from whatever experience it is that you're having now. God wants to gain glory. And He's counting on you and He's counting on me to give Him that glory. Praise the Lord. So I want us to look at some 107 some 100 verse, 107 there's something i want us to see it says all oh, give thanks to the lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever now brethren i want to tell you that this particular scripture is very powerful it's very powerful sometimes when you don't even know what to pray If you can just be saying, praise the Lord for his mercy and just forever. If you remember what God did in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20, and when he told his people, he said, this battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. All you need to be doing is just be going with the priests and the, the, the Levites. All you need to be saying is, praise the Lord for his mercy and just forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy and just forever. When you want to get tired, you say it again. Praise the Lord for his mercy and just forever. When they were saying it, what was happening? God set an ambush. Moab, Ammon, and Mount Sinai. They had come against the people of God. And what happened? Two of them, first of all, either Moab and Ammon, they fought Mount Sinai. And after they killed them, they now looked at each other and said, ah, we are done. No, what is next? They started to, 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 to fight themselves and destroy themselves. And the people of God were just shouting what? Praise the Lord for his mercy and just forever. Somebody say, praise the Lord for his mercy and just forever. Say it again. Praise the Lord for his mercy and just forever. Let the Lord fight your battle. Again, say it. Praise the Lord for his mercy and just forever. God knows how to fight our battles. And you will keep silent. He says, stand still and know that I am God. Praise the Lord. So Psalm 107, I wanted us to read it through, but I see that time is going. So we won't read everything. Verse 1, because I want us to look at three categories of people being asked to declare his works. Verse 1 says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy and just forever. Now, verse 1, as it is, is a general call to everybody. Now, if you look around in your life, you have a reason to give God thanks. Because if God woke you up this morning and started you on your way, he is worthy of your praise. If He put food on your table, you may not have money to do some extras, but you have enough money to feed, he is worthy of your praise. If you are here today and you're not in the hospital, have you been to the hospital lately? Have you seen what is happening in the hospitals? But you are here today, it is only because of his grace. He is worthy of your praise. That you still have a sound mind, in the midst of all the troubles that you have had in recent times, God is worthy of your praise. That's why I was saying it's a general call. Everyone here present has a reason to give God praise. You have a reason to give God thanks. The Bible says that to him that is joined to the living, there is hope. For the hope that you have, you should give God thanks. There is hope because you are joined to the living. You're not dead. Shake yourself now. Look, are you dead? You're still alive. So there is hope for you. And because there is hope for you, this call is to you. Give God thanks. Listen, there's so many things that I'm still trusting the Lord to do in my life. But I have a reason to give him thanks. It is only the one that is alive that can have expectations. If you are dead, it's all over. That's why sometimes I don't understand why Nigerians the way we drive on the road. Where are you going? I mean, where are you going? I mean, you are not going again. You are no longer in a hurry. Where are we rushing to? You are still alive. It's better for you to get there late than for you not to get there at all. Somebody praise the Lord. Somebody say, I have a reason to praise the Lord. If you don't have, praise God for me. If you've searched your life and you cannot find a reason to praise God, I'm asking you, please join me. Praise the Lord. Yes. If you can't find a reason in your, in your life, You can't find any reason, please, for my life. eh? Praise the Lord. Because, you know, I was talking with a young lady. And I was saying that she was sharing some things with me. And I thought about my life. And I was saying to myself, where would I have been had I married someone else other than my husband? You know, in this part of the world, when we're sharing testimonies, we like to, you know, to fine tune it, you know, cover up some things. An American will tell you, oh, I used to do drugs, you know, but, but when I met Jesus, he, he took care of it. And, and now I've been, I've been clean for 15 years in Nigeria. We will tell you they used to do drugs. You see, I had, uh, there was a problem that I, I had and, and a challenge. Thank you. I had, I had a challenge in an area. And God, God delivered me from it. Listen, I would have married somebody that, I, I'm not sure he's, he's a Christian now. I'm not sure. I don't even know anything about him much. I pray for him. You know, let him, I, I just pray that he has met the Lord. But I bless God. That God gave me my husband. I really do bless God. Because I don't know what would have happened to me. Do you know how many times I entered fellowship? And then they would preach. It started from, is it Redem- I can't remember, Redemption Club in, in, in the university. My roommates, they were, I think they fasted, they prayed, fasted and prayed, fasted and prayed. And then one day they invited me and I followed them. And I entered. And you know, I, I believe I have a soft heart. So when I hear the the, the word of God, you know, it it melts my heart. So I can't be in the presence of God and not, you know, give my life to Christ. It's not possible. The challenge is when I leave the presence of God. That was the challenge for me. You cannot make an altar call and I will not come out. You know, my heart is tender. But when I now step out, so the first time I went, when they made an altar call, I came out. Oh my God! In the whole of University of Port Harcourt, is now born again. Oh, Jesus! I came out, I wonder who was that that came out? It didn't even last even one day. Another, I went for another. My sister took me to another church in Lagos. It was many years ago because now I've been born again twenty, like twenty-five years. Glory to Jesus. She took me. And the man preached powerfully. And then they gave us the form. In their church, they, they didn't use to make altar call. They would just give you. See this one that people are shy to say i have given them. You just Do you want to surrender your life to Jesus? How will I not want to surrender my life to Jesus? I don't want to go to hell. I ticked. Yes. They collected the papers. I thought that was the end. Okay, the following people said they want... Please stand up if you think that you want to give your life. Will I now lie? I stood up. And then they took us through the sinner's prayer again. And afterwards, I forgot all about it. And went back to my old ways. Another time. But that was the last time. I was working in the bank then. After youth service. And I was in a fellowship. I think it was my boss who invited me. The same one who invited Pastor and I to church. And in that fellowship, Pastor Adeboye made an altar call. And I stood up and I gave my life to Jesus. And so, I gave my life to Christ. I think that was when I became a bit more serious. But when Pastor and I got married, and both of us together went to church, and... Okay, I think then we were already born again. And then we went to church. And that was when we, we told them, we said, please, we want to register. You see this one that people come to church, at the end of service, you run away. You need to register. We went to them. How do we register to become members of this church? And they were laughing at us. They said, there is no registration. Are you born? we said, we are born again. We are born again. So why did I start telling this story? If I had married... The person who came before my husband. I don't know where I would have been, brethren. So we need to think about these things and thank God for the choices that he helped us make. So I bless God for my husband because the times that I didn't want to be serious with God, God used him to keep me in check. I don't know where I would have been So that's why I keep saying, if you don't have any reason to give God thanks, can you just thank the Lord for me that I have been saved? Now, it's, it's 26, 1994 and I am still saved. I'm still tongue talking and I bind demons and they have to be bound in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a reason to give God thanks. Thanks. I would have been one of those people walking about aimlessly, not knowing which direction I'm going. But the Lord saved me. So, this call is to everyone. If you can testify that God allowed His sun to shine on you and allowed you to experience rain when the weather was hot, so that you could just, you know, be. More comfortable. You have a reason to give him thanks. Praise the name of the Lord. Then the second one. Verse 2. It says let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When Jesus healed that blind man. The man who was blind. And they asked. Who is this person? What did he answer? I am he. When you have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy, God expects us to say so. This is talking to Christians now. The first one was a general call to everyone that is living in the world. You know, when Psalm 150 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Then he now starts to bring it closer home. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been redeemed, if I've been redeemed, then I ought to what? Say so. And then let me go to the third category. Verse 4. Let's read it together. Four to nine. It says, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. These are some people who had accommodation problem. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distresses. I don't know if there is anyone here that the Lord delivered out of their distress. I don't know if there is anyone here who was in dire straits and you called upon the name of the Lord and he delivered you. He says then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses and he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city for what? A dwelling place. God now gave them accommodation remember they were wondering they had nowhere to stay they were squatting but now the Lord has given them accommodation praise the Lord and what does he now say he says all that men will give thanks to the Lord for what for his goodness and for his wonderful works to who to the children of men verse 9 he says for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with what goodness now this is the third category if there is something that the lord has done for you in particular something specific that you looked and and you could not find a way out and you cried the bible says this poor man cried out to the lord and the lord heard him he said these people were in confusion and then they looked to the lord and their faces were radiant and they were not ashamed If God did something in your life in particular, something extraordinary, something that you know that nobody could have done for you. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 124, it says, if it was not the Lord, Psalm 124 verse 1, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, if it had been someone else, listen, brethren, if it had been someone else, a man, in my distress, if it was my husband who was on my side, what do you think would have happened? The the enemies would, my enemy would have finished me. If it was a man who I trusted in and leaned on in my hour of need, I would not have been delivered. He says, if it had not been the Lord if it was any other person other than the Lord, brethren, you will not have come out of that situation. That's why they were saying, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, do you know what the Egyptians would have done to them? What do you think would have happened to them? So when you think about the situation that you are in and you remember that you could have been dead and buried, But for the Lord who was on your side. Come on. It says you need to testify. You need to testify. I need to testify. If it was not God. Who was there for me. Somebody sang a song. He says he's the same God. Who was there for you in the midnight hour. It is that God who was there for you in the midnight hour. And that's why if you go through this, this Psalm 107, he kept saying, oh, that men, as though men were beginning to forget to give thanks to the Lord, he kept reminding them of the various situations they had gone through. And then he would, he would outline those situations and he would say again, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And somebody may be saying this morning, why? Because what I want us to do today is that I want us, we are here, I believe, a lot of us, to declare his works. And the word declare simply means to make known, formally, officially, explicitly. To make known, to make something known. In other words, you're not hiding it. You're saying it boldly like that man, you're saying I am here. And as they're asking you who did it, you're not trying to guess who did it. You're not trying to get. you know, there's this um, little boy in in Toronto. Every time he cried, and you you tapped him and you asked, Dandan, who did it? He's really crying. He'll just say, Mama. Dandan, who did it? The the mother is not anywhere close by. When the mother is in the office. Who did it? Mama. Once he says, Mama, he stops crying. Now, let's look at the flip side. The good side. Not that we're crying. But that we step out and we define, we define, we define. And they shine, Are they shine, shine, shine. And somebody says, now waiting, they make you shine. Now, Jesus. Jesus becomes our default eh, response. Even if somebody gave you 100,000. And someone comes and asks you, who did it? Jesus brother who did it pastor who did it pastor who did it that should be our default response even if your neighbor was the one that gave you accommodation let me tell you doesn't the bible say that no man can receive anything except it be given do you know that a long time ago i learned from my younger brother pastor Emeka. he said whenever he asked anybody for anything and they didn't give him it didn't disturb him i'm like why He said because it means that heaven did not permit them to give me. So I don't get angry with anybody. Because heaven has to permit it first. It has to proceed from there. God has to minister to you to do something for me before you can do it. So when I receive that thing from you, I know who did it. I would tell you thank you. But I know who did it. Because it is God who works in us. Both to what will and to what do of his good pleasure. Somebody who did it. Jesus Jesus did it. Thank you. Jesus did it. It is only natural. Therefore, if Jesus did it, it is only natural for those who have received mercy from God. To return praise to him. That's our reasonable response. To give thanks. To the one who did it. To give thanks to the one who saved. To give thanks to the one who blessed us. Somebody praise the Lord. So quickly. Why should we declare his works? Number one is simple. It's for the glory of God. To give him glory. He says whoever offers praise does what? Glorifies me. When we offer praise, we offer thanksgiving. We're giving God glory. Number two, when we declare his works, do you know what we're doing? We're drawing men to him. If you read Acts chapter 3 and 4, when, when Peter and John healed that man, that lame man at the gate called Beautiful, after, after, the, after he was healed, the man entered the temple. He will walk small, then he will leap. He will walk, He will. Leap. and people were like, ah, what's going on? This man had been here. And the Bible records that that man was over 40 years. So we don't know how long he started sitting and begging in front of that gate called beautiful. But that was an opportunity for Peter to preach the gospel. And when he was done preaching, 5,000 souls were added. Let me tell you, pastor has told us several times. The reason that when you go for crusades, there's so many miracles is because there are multitude in that place. God uses that to attract men to come to him. So healing is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a work of God. So when we stand and we declare, somebody that was on a wheelchair now comes, and is and running, and is shouting, I can walk, I can walk. What do you think will happen? People are rushing. Who did this to this man? Who healed him? who delivered him. So it draws, when we, you and I stand and declare what God has done, it draws men to him. Praise the Lord. The third reason is to affirm that the word works. Somebody say the word works. The word of God works. If we apply the word of God in our lives, it will work for us. It is disobedience. That makes us unable to receive from God. He has already given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Everything is in his word. The word works. So when somebody stands and shares their testimony, someone who was doubting before will say, ah, the word of God works. So if you apply it, it works. That's why we do it. In closing right now, so I want us to look at the instructions he gave. So Psalm 107, back to Psalm 107 where we are. Verse 22 begins to give instructions. Verse 22, 22, Begins to give us instructions. He says, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of what? The sacrifices of what? Thanksgiving. So in other words, they're not asking us to bring bulls and rams. They've not asked you to even bring, you know, don't even, don't bring uh, 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 just sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with what? Declare his works with what? Rejoicing. In other words, they're asking for a sacrifice of praise. That's what God wants from you and I. That's the instruction. Then verse 32, where we close. He says, let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people. And praise him in the company of the elders. Now, listen, when I saw this scripture, I stepped back. I said, Lord, what are you saying? And he showed me something. He says, Let them exalt him also. Now, also there means that they've been exalting him. But you've been exalting him privately. In your home, you give God praise for what he has done for you. One to one, I can go to Queen Mom. I say, Queen Mom, God has done something for me. I've, I'll share the testimony. I can even gather my, my team, my team members and tell them and share what the Lord has done for me. That is still private. But He says, let them exalt him where? Also where? In the assembly of, of the people. In other words, God now wants us to do it openly. And praise him in the company of elders. See elders. We have elders here. They're here today. And the people are here. You know, the devil is a liar. And the devil is wicked. I, I was asking the Lord, why is it that it's so difficult to share certain testimonies? There are some that we can share, you know. I can, I, it's very easy for me to share testimony. If I've been healed, I can share testimony. If, you know, something, I can share the testimony. If God delivered me from accident, I would just praise the Lord. But there's a testimony that is difficult for people to share. And it's a testimony that has to do with finances. Do you know why? Before, I used to be angry with people. Why can't you share testimony that God blessed you with, with 100 million? Why can't you share it? But, you know, as I was meditating, the Holy Spirit brought something, you know, to my heart. The reason people cannot share that one or find it difficult to share. Brethren, I hope you can hear me. is because when I share testimony that I've been healed, are you going to take part of my body? Can you take part of my body? Can you take part of my healing? If I've been delivered from accident, can you, can you take any part of it? But the moment somebody stands and says, Ah, I once was poor. But today the Lord has blessed me. I have a house in my tamar. The Lord has even given me this, I bought this, I bought that. Some people who don't have faith. Because Bible says not all men have faith. All this one we're seeing is entering here, flying out. Immediately, they're not taking it in. All they're watching out for, that one that will share testimony, That God has blessed them financially. They hang around. Because they want a part of it. So that's the only one that people can immediately say, Yeah boy. Ah. So that's the reason when people are blessed financially, they now don't want to share the testimony. Because there's so many people waiting for them instead of waiting on God. Because the same God who did it for your brother is the same God who will do it for you please tell your neighbor, allow me share my testimony. Don't 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 pressure me. Allow me share my testimony. Let me share my testimony and be free that I can move about freely. You're not waiting by my car. Can we believe God for ourselves that God is able and our God is not partial. The God who has done it for Mr. A is able to do it for you if you can only trust him if you can only wait on him if you can only apply the same principles that are in the word of god god is faithful i want us to rise up this morning i don't know how you want to bless the name of the lord let's do the general one before we 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 go into the specifics i just want you to open up your mouth and bless god for what he has done in your life. That you are even alive and well is enough reason brethren is enough reason to give him thanks. You move mountains you cause walls to fall with your power you perform
0: miracles there is nothing been listening to a message from the Father's Church, we are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Squaring Expressway, near next Kashinkairi. Abuja, 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays for telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.